And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Well, we are in week four of a series that we've entitled Spiritual DNA, where we've been, we've been taking a look about what it looks like for us to have the character of God operating in our lives. And uh, that's not something that you and I have to, 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 to work hard. I mean, it's obviously there's effort that's behind it, um, but it is the Holy Spirit that is producing and desiring to produce his character within our lives. We, uh, we talked the first week from John 15, and that really was, uh, as I mentioned earlier, kind of an anchor text for us because our tendency in life is to try to do a lot of things out of our, our just kind of human effort. But what we see in Scripture in John 15 is that Jesus tells us that apart from him, we can accomplish do nothing, that it's the importance of us staying connected to Jesus And as we stay connected to Jesus, we see in that scripture in Ephesians 5, where it talked about imitating God in everything that we do, right? That's something that is birthed out of us because of the work that the Holy Spirit is doing in us. And so we also looked at Galatians chapter 5, and we talked about, and we're kind of on this this journey of unpacking um, what's listed there, the nine different uh, character traits of God that the Holy Spirit wants to produce in our life. And so today what I want to do is I want to take our time together and I want to talk to you about one that a lot of times we misunderstand, uh, but it's an important one in our life, and that is the characteristic of peace. And then I want to try to unpack a little bit about how we can experience Uh, God's peace in our life in times of pressure. And I think what the important thing that I want to try to um, share with you today is to paint a picture of what biblical peace looks like compared to uh, the kind of peace that oftentimes you and I try to search out in our own lives. And so I want to invite you, if you're at home on the couch or you're here in person, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's just ask Um, his presence and anointing over our time today. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be able to come together and worship you, whether we've uh, gotten up early and got dressed and hopefully showered and come here and, and, and we're worshiping together or, or whether we're at home and, and we're in our PJs with our big old cup of coffee and we're worshiping through a television screen. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be able to do this. Lord, what we ask of you today is to speak to us. Lord, we need you. And so, Father, give us ears to hear what your spirit wants to say to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever heard somebody say that God will never allow you to go through more than you can handle? You ever heard that? Well, God, God will never allow you to go through more than you can handle. Now, I'm not sure about your journey and what your story looks like, but I know in mine that I've, I've seen a lot of things in my life. 
I've walked through a lot of things in my life, and there's been some things that are in my story that have been so overwhelming to me that it almost felt like my, my life was this house of cards. And if I had one more thing happen in my life, like one more stress, one more thing on my plate that I had to be responsible for, that it almost felt, that it almost felt like somebody would pull the card out of the house of cards that have constructed my life and everything would come tumbling down. My guess is, is that you have probably been through some seasons like that in your life, that you've probably been through some stuff where you've had stress and you've had turmoil and you had difficulty and you had all these things kind of mounting up and it just felt like, like, like maybe your response was, I don't know if I could take anything else. Like if one more thing lands on my plate, if, if one more thing happens, I don't know what I'm going to do. And what tends to happen in our lives is those things begin to kind of weigh us down emotionally. Like we almost feel like we're drowning emotionally. Like we're just trying to live our lives. We're just trying to get our head kind of above water, that it feels like everything in our life has come crashing down And to be honest, that in those seasons of my life, when I'm walking through difficulty, when I feel like my life is fragile, that everything's kind of hanging in the balance, that if I had somebody come up to me and said that God will never allow you to go through more than you can handle, I'm telling you what, I'd probably punch him in the face. Like, I'd probably punch him in the face. Like, have you ever had something like that where you're just like, it's the biggest, like, most stressful, most most difficult thing that you're walking through, and, and somebody comes up and just shares one of those kind of Christian cliches or whatever that makes you feel like you're not praying hard enough, that you're not reading the Bible enough, that there's something wrong with your relationship with God. Like, I can't stand it when, 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 when people come up to somebody that's going through difficulty or even illness. And, and they start telling them that the reason why they're feeling sick and the reason why the sickness is on them is because there's something wrong between them and God and their relationship with God. The reality is, as we go through stuff in our lives, we go through difficulty. And oftentimes, you know, when we're at that kind of lowest moment, wishing for the day that we could experience some some sort of peace in our lives that, that those kind of words, those kind of things that people say cause us to feel like there's something that we're doing in our lives where we're not measuring up, like we're not a good enough Christian, we're not doing it the right way. And, and oftentimes it causes us to begin to wonder in our life if, if we're really supposed to handle this, like, like if... If God has really said that he'll never allow us to go through more than we can handle, then why in this season do I feel like I'm walking through more than I can handle? And if that's the case, then what's wrong with me? Right? I don't, I don't know if you've been there. I know I've been there time and time again in my life. And I think one of the challenges that we face as Christ followers is that we build up these unrealistic expectations about what our life as, as Christ followers should look like. The reality is, is that God never promised us 
that he would never allow us to go through more than we can handle. You see, in Scripture, in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, yes, it talks about, it's, it, this is kind of the, the, the Scripture that people use to, to back up that statement. But when you look in the Scripture, it speaks about temptation. It's speaking about no temptation will be greater on us than we can handle. It doesn't speak towards suffering. Like we walk through, we suffer some things in our lives that, that feel like we can't handle it, that's more than we can handle. And here's my, my it's not really an encouragement, but the true statement to you is that, that God does that because he doesn't want us handling everything in our lives on our own. Like what's our human tendency? What's our natural response is to do it ourselves. And God wants to, to take us on this journey where we discover that we can't do it on ourselves. Like our goal for our lives is that, is that we experience peace and happiness, right? That's so much of our lives is built around. We just, and, and, and we give our life to God and we start coming to church and, 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 and we're just seeking this kind of peace and happiness. And then when that stuff doesn't happen in our life, then we get frustrated with God and we begin to push him away and we quit going to church. We get plugged in. We quit plugging into a group. We quit getting ourselves in the circles that we need to, to grow us and develop us as followers of Christ. And the reason why we have these 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 expectations that are not of God is because God's expectation of our life is to develop us into his image, right? His goal for you and I is not that we're necessarily have peace and happiness all of our life. His goal for you and I is that we look more like him, that our lives become a reflection of him, his character in our lives. Jesus warned us, in John chapter 16, verse 33, in the second part of that verse, he says that here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. I mean, right out of the gate, Jesus is letting all of us know that we're going to walk through some stuff. Like we're going to have to walk through some seasons and circumstances and difficulties in our life that we can't handle. And not just like a few times, but many. I mean, Jesus is telling us right here that, that we're going to walk through some seasons where our kids walk away from the faith. That we're going to experience some times when our spouse comes in and they says they can't take it anymore and they're, they're walking out the door. That we're going to experience some circumstances in our life where our boss calls us in and for no reason whatsoever lays us off. We're going to experience some heart-wrenching things like Andrea and I have of, of losing a, a, a baby and we're going to have unexpected illness and and we're going to have these relationships that we thought were close, right? We thought they were our best friends, but they ended up just stabbing us in the back. And oftentimes what happens is that in an effort for us to cope with these trials and to cope with these sorrows, we look at a lot of different things to try to find some sense of peace from, from the pain and the pressure of 
that we feel in life. For some, we look to vacations. How, how many are ready for a vacation? Oh my goodness, I'm ready for a vacation. Some of us, we look for, to vacations. Some of us look to, to hobbies to try to release the pressure of the pain and everything that's going on. For some of us, it's alcohol. For some, it's drugs. For some, it's food. Like that's one of my challenges is food. Like when I get stressed, that's like my comfort spot. And so Andrea and I were like, we decided last night we're going to start a diet. And it's, I'm not going to, uh, well, I guess it's partly because I got to teach about self-control in a few weeks. So uh, <laughs> for some of us, it's, it's, it's finding approval in relationships and, and friends and acceptance. For, for some, it's the amount of zeros that's on their paycheck that they feel like that's going to going to bring peace when the pain and the pressures of life come. And then the problem with, with all of these things is that they're all this, they're just a temporary escape. They're just a temporary escape. And sure, they may numb the pain and they may numb the pressure for a little while, but oftentimes in the end, what ends up happening is they begin to add to our problems, and they end up producing these lasting consequences in our life. And that's why Jesus steps in and he offers us something that's far better in the first part of that verse. He says in, in the first part of verse 33, he says that I've told you all of this so that you may have peace, but not this temporary peace that the world is offering that the peace isn't found in a bottle, it's not found in a drug, it's not found in a hobby or a relationship, that Jesus says that that, that peace that you and I are looking for in our lives, that it's found in me. Like Jesus is like, it's not, you're not going to find it in all these things that are out there. Jesus says you're going to find the peace that you're looking for, you're going to find it in me. And we talked more about that in the first week. If you, if you missed the first week, you got to go back and watch week one and watch um, how we talk about John 15 and staying connected to the vine and, and the importance of that for that to totally make sense. But here Jesus is telling us something that I think is really important. He's trying to help the disciples see and he's trying to help all of us to be able to see that our peace, the peace that you and I are looking for in our lives, that it's not found in the absence of trouble. Now that flies in the face of what most of us search for, right? We search for like the waters to be still, right? We search for, for, for there not to be any kind of ripples in the waters of our lives, and what Jesus is saying is that the peace, the, the peace that I have to offer you isn't in the absence of trouble. It's not in some temporary escape that that peace that you and I are desperately looking for in this season of our lives, that it's in him. You see, what's really cool about this word peace in the Bible, it comes from this Greek word, Irene, and it doesn't mean that we're living a life with no conflict or, or difficulty. You see, in the Bible days, it was, 
It was used to describe this calmness that, that a nation or a city would feel when they enjoyed this caring and competent and secure leader, when they knew that there was a caring and competent, secure leader in charge, that that, that was the peace. When the Bible uses that word, that's the peace that they felt. And so what we see, the difference between our peace and biblical peace is that our peace wants a quietness on the outside. But what Bible peace is, is it's a quietness on the inside. That no matter what we're walking through, no matter what everything looks like, like even in those seasons, right, when we do feel like our life is a house of cards, we do feel like one more thing and we can't go any further. But the kind of peace that is offered to us as followers of Christ that the Holy Spirit wants to produce in our lives that is a result of us being connected to Jesus is a peace that despite whatever is happening on the outside, it's a calm, it's an assurance that's deep down within our heart. See, having peace isn't the absence of conflict or difficulty because I mean, some people in becoming Christians have, and choosing to live a godly life have ended up bringing more difficulty and more persecution on their life. In some cases, even death. In fact, when you look at the Apostle Paul who was chained in a Roman prison, and those prisons were no joke back then. The Apostle Paul penned these words that have really helped me during a difficult time. He said this in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 9. He says, don't worry about anything. <laughs> Paul, what are you talking about? Paul, you've never been through anything in your life. To be able to make a statement like that, like, don't worry about anything. Like, Paul, seriously, what have you been through in your life that would be anything equivalent to what I've been through? <laughs> Paul, a man who has been through intense persecution in his own life makes this statement, don't worry about anything. You know, when you think about worry, what is worry? Worry is this lack of, of trust in God and His sovereignty in our lives. It's us being in this kind of mindset, this moment where we look at the difficulty we face and the stress of our life, and, and instead of trusting God and trusting that He's going to work all of this out for our good as we stay connected to Him, worry steps away from Jesus. It pulls away from being connected to Jesus and trusting in Him. And our mind goes to this direction of how are we going to make this work? It's the how questions in our life, right? Like how are we going to pay the bill? How are we going to get through this divorce? Like, how are we going to, to, to not have to walk through this sickness anymore in our lives? And, and Paul, a man who's gone through just crazy persecution in his life, he tells us to not worry about anything. 
I think it's this choice. I think Paul is making this statement that we talked about last week. It's making this choice that God's got it, and I trust him. That God's got it, whatever it is that we're walking through, and I trust him. And Paul says, instead of worrying, instead of going to that place where your mind is so focused on the how, he says, instead of that, pray about everything. Pray about everything. And listen, prayer in our most difficult seasons in our life oftentimes isn't our first response. Right? I'm, a, I'm a personality, I'm kind of a go-get-it kind of personality, a driven personality, and so oftentimes the Holy Spirit is reminding me, slow down and pray about it. Slow down and pray about it. My mind works, I want to find solutions, I want to fix things. And so when it comes to our personal life and the things that we face, my mind goes straight to the practical of how can we resolve this tension in our life. And Paul's saying, no, 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 don't stress about it and don't try to get it all fixed, but pray about everything. You see, I think one of the things that Paul's getting at, and this is something that I'm not speaking to you because I've solved it in my own life. I think it's a journey that we're all on. But in order for us to stay connected to the vine, to remain in him, it requires us to be consistent with prayer and reading his word. We try to stay remained to him, connected to him through church attendance or through doing good deeds right? All kinds of different stuff, and those are great. But remaining to him is through his word and us praying, allowing God to, to change the things in our heart that are not of him. And it's, that's only the only way that this fruit of the spirit that the Holy Spirit wants to produce in our lives can begin to stir and to grow and to blossom. And Paul tells us, he goes on, he says, he says, tell God what you need. And look at this. If you got your Bible, circle, thank him. Thank him for all that he has done. Thankfulness, gratitude. I think that's one of the most powerful characteristics that we can have in our life. You know, we're 54 days from Christmas. Has anybody started Christmas music yet? All right. Oh, there I am. <laughs> 54 days from Christmas. And I can tell you this from a father's perspective, and you could probably relate, is that when my kids are thankful for what they get, when my kids are thankful for the food that we put on the table, when my kids are thankful for the roof that's over their head, when they're thankful for the gas that goes in their gas tank, when when they're thankful for the clothes that we buy um, for them to wear, when they're thankful for, if you got kids that are in sports, money, when they're thankful for the investment that we make in their lives for them to be able to do what they love doing, there's something in a father's heart that wants to bless them even more. But when they complain... 
right? When they complain and they don't realize all the blessings that they have. And it's just constantly like, I don't have this or I don't have that or this isn't good enough or, or you, 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 know, you, put, you, 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 you make a meal and, and you spend all this time kind of cooking the meal and you put it in, I don't want that. You know, that, what does that do in your heart? Does it make you want to bless them even more? No. And I think this, this characteristic of being uh, thankful and having gratitude as it relates to God in our lives like so many times when we go down the path of telling God what we want and, and what we feel like we need in our lives. And, and when's the last time that we've, we've gone to the Father and we've just thanked Him? We've quit asking Him for stuff in our lives, but we've thanked Him for breath to be able to breathe today. We've thanked Him for um, the ability to be able to get up this morning and to come and and to be here in person and to have clothes on our back. We might not have the clothes we want, but thank God everybody in here has clothes, right? <laughs> or this might be a real weird church service if not. But there's things that we can be thankful for of what God has done in our lives. And I think Paul is, is getting to that because I can't imagine God being any different. I think God, as he sees his children thankful for the things that so oftentimes we overlook and we just pass over, that I think it stirs his heart too. That he looks down on his children and he says they get it. Like they get that this life isn't about the stuff, that this life isn't about where we go and all those different little things, that this life is about being thankful for the fact that we have breath to breathe, that that God has deposited gifts and talents within us that we could not just hoard them to ourselves, but that we could leverage them to be partners with God in the kingdom of God to reach people for Christ. Like I think he, he looks down and he sees that in his children and he says, I just want to keep opening the windows of heaven and blessing them because they get that this life isn't about them, that it's about my kingdom. And I think that's kind of what Paul is getting had here he's saying we got to make this choice not to worry but instead to to pray and to be thankful and he says this in verse 7 he says then and in my bible i've got that word then circled because it means that the things that are leading up to that that when we are aligning our lives with that that then the byproduct of that is that we experience not the temporary peace that alcohol and drugs and hobbies and relationships and all that stuff does in our life, but we experience God's peace. We experience this quietness that's on the inside, even though it might not be quiet on the outside. And he says that, this, that God's peace, that it, that it exceeds anything that we can understand in our lives. When we find ourselves in a difficult season that we can have God's peace and people are asking us, well, why, are you, why aren't you stressed out? Why aren't you worrying and, and, and anxiety about how this is going to work out? And you can have this calmness in your heart and in your spirit that God's got it and I trust him. Paul says that, that his peace, and I love this part, his peace will, 
will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Jesus. This word guard in the Greek, it means to watch. And in those days, it described a soldier that was standing post, guarding against the attack of an enemy. And Paul is saying right here that when we choose not to worry and and we choose to pray and we choose to be thankful that, that God's peace will guard our hearts and our minds like a soldier that's on a wall protecting his country. And then he says in verse eight, and now, dear brothers and sisters, he says one final thing. He says, get locked in, fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right and pure and lovely and admirable. In other words, get your thoughts off all of the problems that you're facing, all the worst case scenarios. Any, any worst case scenario people in here? Yeah, they, get, they go all the way down the road of worst case scenarios. He's like, get your, your mind off the fears of tomorrow and instead... Think about things. Like choose to fix your thoughts, to think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. You know, the way that I like to kind of look at this passage of Scripture and what Paul's getting at, I want to boil it down to this one kind of idea or story before we go. One of my favorite desserts, and I should not be talking about this since, well, we're getting ready to start a diet. We hadn't started yet, so. Uh, (laughs) One of my favorite desserts is from P.F. Chang's, and it's the Great Wall of Chocolate. I don't know if you've had the Great Wall of Chocolate. Six layers of chocolate cake, and and I love to use this word because so many people hate this word. It's so moist, right? With... With, with chocolate like fudge between each layer. And this thing's like massive. And on the back of it, it's just, it's, it's loaded with um, chocolate chips on the back with, with, with fudge and chocolate icing. And when you take your fork and you cut it and you eat it and you pull the fork out, it's got like all the food still on the fork because it's so like, isn't that gross? It's so like, like gooey and good and, and all of that. And, and so that's my, it's um, 2,240 calories of deliciousness <laughs> in one dessert. 2,240 calories. We better get one of those before diet because that'll, that'll destroy diet. But let's say that I went to P.F. Chang's. Let's say I sat down at the table. Let's say I ordered the great wall of chocolate. The waiter goes back and does whatever he's got to do to prepare and He comes out, and instead of the great wall of chocolate, he brings out a kale salad. What do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to look at the kale salad, and um, I'm going to fight through the urge to get upset. Um, 
because I want to be imitating God in everything I do, even the way I order food, right? And I'm going to say, you need to take the kale salad back to the kitchen and bring me out the chocolate cake that I ordered. And I think that in our lives, Satan works really hard to bring out to us things that we didn't order and God didn't order in our lives. But what happens oftentimes in our journey with the Lord is that we choose to eat what's given us instead of returning it to the sender. And some of you this morning might be, you might be in the worst storm of your life. You might be walking through some things that make your life feel like a house of cards and you may be one of those that are saying, if somebody takes one more card out, I'm gonna feel like everything is collapsing around me. My challenge to you, as difficult as it is, nobody said it would be easy. My challenge to you is to fight, resist the urge to worry. Resist the urge to be anxious. Resist the urge to try to figure it out on your own. Resist the urge to try to find some sort of temporary solution to the disruption that you're feeling in your lives. Return the kale salad to its sender. And tell the devil this morning that you want what you've ordered. That you want what God has for you. Paul says in verse 9, he says, Keep putting into practice all that you've learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing. And then the God of peace will be with you. And friend, it's, it was only because of the peace of God that Paul had operating in his life that he was able to say these next few verses. In verse 11, he says, For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Friend, Paul had peace despite the pressure. He didn't have peace because the pressure was gone. He had peace despite the pressure. He says this in verse 12, that I know I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. But I've learned that the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. In other words, I've had some good times in my life. And I've had some bad times in my life. But he says that no matter what, I know that I can walk through it because in verse 13, I can do all this 
not on my own power, not because I've got all the solutions to my problems, not because my spouse decides to come back or my kids decide to come back, but I can do all of this through him, him who gives me strength. Friend, biblical peace isn't the absence of trouble. Biblical peace is knowing that that you never have to go through anything alone. That it's a quietness on the inside, not a quiet on the outside. That it's choosing, no matter how hard it is, that I'm gonna trust God and his sovereignty in my life. And here's this amazing promise in Isaiah 26, verse three. It says that you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Would you bow your head with me this morning if you're watching from home, just in these next few moments, just kind of still yourself. And if you're walking through a difficult season today in your life, you need peace. You need God's peace. You need a quietness on the inside, even though the waters of your life may be the the roughest they've ever been. I want you right there where you're seated. I just, I just want you to just in your chair or on your couch, I want you to take your hands and just turn them, rotate them so your palms are facing up. And I want you to imagine your worry, your anxiety, the problems that you need solutions for, things that you're walking through in your life and in this moment I want you to hand them to God I want you to take them and symbolically hand them to God let go of them grab his peace and pull it in Father we thank you that, Father, we can have peace in you. But, Father, no matter how difficult the journey we may be walking through in our lives, no matter if the walls feel like they're pressing in all around us, Father, your promise to us is that if we give you the worry, that, Father, if we pray, We have a thankful heart. God, we can be receivers of your grace today. Father, I pray over all of your people. Lord, I pray that your hand would be upon them. Lord, I pray that, God, your peace that passes all understanding would fill their heart, that it would guard their heart and guard their mind, that it would stand at a ready post to defend against the attack of the enemy. Father, today we choose. 
We choose to send back the kale salad in our life. To be receivers of all that you have for us. In Jesus' name. You know, just as Ryan was um, saying that, I opened up my hands to receive the peace. And I pulled it into my heart. He is such a good God. And He cares so deeply for each and every one of us. He cares about the things that we walk through. And He walks with us through them. What an amazing promise that He will guard our hearts and He will guard our minds. I just encourage you this week and as we close out the service, I encourage you this week, allow the worry to be gone. Let it go and be a receiver of His peace. Amen. Well, if there's any of you this morning that you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we want to give you an opportunity to receive him today. Maybe you've never felt peace like that. Maybe you in your home, you've just kind of been going through social media and you found us this morning. Maybe you don't know anything about this peace. This morning, we would like to encourage you to open up your heart to Jesus. You know, he doesn't take away all of our struggles, but what he does do, he takes away all the pain of our hearts and he makes it new. If that's you today, we just want to pray with you this morning. So if one more time, you could bow your heads. If that's you today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, anyone here in the room or anyone there online, can we pray this prayer together? Say, Dear Jesus, I believe that you are my Savior. I want to let go of the worry. I want to let go of the pain. And I want to receive you as my Savior. My life is yours. I give it all to you. Make me new. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If that's you today, we would love to know about about that you've accepted Christ. And you can uh, find us on on, uh, social media. You can write a comment or message us privately or... Uh, at the end of the service this morning we're going to have some people in the altars to pray for you if that's you today and you have accepted Jesus we would love to know about that this morning amen well we have a couple announcements today as we as we dismiss the first thing is next Sunday is staff appreciation I tell you what the staff here at Evangel they are amazing and they they work very hard and so we want to bless them next week and so if you wouldn't mind just be praying this week about something that you can bless them with and next week we'll be taking up an offering for our staff and also we just want to thank you so much for your faithfulness and giving we have a uh, 
some pictures up here on the screen. Yesterday, we had such an amazing time uh, giving food to um, those in the community around us. And, and I love all of these pictures. If you were here yesterday, just raise your hand so we can see. Yeah, oh, yeah. We had um, an amazing time. I tell you what, Pastor Donnie and I, we played tag team, and and I think one of the things that we loved the most about yesterday was being able to pray with people in their cars. And, um, you know, it's more than just giving them a box of food. It's giving them Jesus. And we got to do that yesterday. And, and I know we say this a lot in your faithfulness and giving, but it's because of, of you that we can do things like this going outside of these walls and reaching the people in this community just with love, the love of Jesus. And so this morning, as you prepare your your love offering, as we worship the Lord today with our tithes and offerings and mission faith promises, I just encourage you, don't let it just be something that we do in routine, but instead let it be something from your heart that the Lord loves a cheerful giver. So at the end of the service, we've got boxes out here that you can put your offering in. You can text to give or online. There's so many different ways, but we do want to thank you so much. Uh, We gave away, I think it was 500 boxes of food yesterday. It was, and people were lined up for an hour before we opened up. We actually opened up early and, and we just, there was one, one woman that came through and uh, she had lost her husband in August and we just had a little church revival. I, I stayed and prayed with her for about 10 minutes and just thank you so much for your for your faithfulness and giving that we are able to reach out to our community. And finally, as we stand together this morning, let's stand up this morning before we dismiss. Ryan wanted us to end today with a prayer for our nation and this election. That no matter how we vote, we need healing in this nation. We need Jesus in this nation. That the great divide that the enemy is trying to do, and you know, Ryan and I truly believe whether you're red or blue, that it really all that matters is Jesus. And so this week, I encourage you, church, family, pray for our nation. Pray that the Lord will again be the Lord of this nation and that the enemy that's trying to divide us will will send that salad back, right? And we will be one nation under God. Let's pray for our nation this morning. Heavenly Father, we come before, oh, church pray. Heavenly Father, we come humbly before you this morning. And Lord, you see better than us what is going on in our nation. And Lord, the fighting and the difficulties that we have faced and that we have seen. Lord, we're asking you to heal our nation. We're asking you to bring revival to our nation that we again will be your church, that we will stand up, Lord God, for injustice, and we will stand up for righteousness. That, Lord, your church, Lord God, would stand strong in these moments that we can point people to you. 
And Lord, we do lift up this election. Your word says that you place in authority those that are over us. And so we hold true to your word that no matter what happens on Tuesday, Lord, your hand is in it. And so, Lord, we we lean into you. We trust you. God, you got this. And we believe that today. So may we be united in our faith. United, Lord God, as a body of believers, as sons and daughters, that we are your family. And that, Lord, we will stand, Lord, for you. We thank you for that, Lord. Be with us today. Go with us today. Bless us. Keep us. May your face shine on us this week. May, Lord, you allow us to be a light in a very dark place. Give us favor on our jobs, Lord God, and in our homes. Place angels all around us. Keep us safe. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We love you guys so much. There's those here tonight, uh, this morning, that are going to pray with you. If you need prayer, and we're going to do it social distancing, so don't worry. Uh, But if you need prayer this morning, we would love to pray for you. Have a blessed week. We'll see you next Sunday. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and His church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday evenings at 7.00. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.